Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. I'm a one man car right now. Paul Clay is about to join me in a few minutes. My name is Jesse Romero. A lot to talk about right now. Today's the feast day of St. Peter Damien. Pray for us. St. Peter Damien lived in a time, much like we live in right now, where there was just a lot of sexual sin, not only amongst laity, there's always been that, but also amongst the clergy. And St. Peter Damien was a reformer. He was a young professor. He was a, he was a cardinal. He was a bishop. And he tirelessly fought to reform the Catholic Church. And uh, he, was, uh, he spent his life basically uh, w- um, working to make Holy Mother Church uh, purify it and make it holy once again. I want to just quote today's psalm before we get into today's topic. Psalm 19. The precepts of the Lord give joy to my heart. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are true, all of them just. Let the words of my mouth and the thought of my heart find favor before you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Our Savior Jesus Christ has destroyed death and brought life to light through the gospel. I do believe. Help my unbelief. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> There's a, a movie that's coming out. And the movie, it depicts so many things that are are wrong with what's happening right now in our world in terms of what we would call the cancel culture. I've got an article here. It's, it's called... How the man, or how men in the high castle, predicted our cancel culture age. So it's a it's a movie, it's an HBO movie. How men in the high castle predicted our cancel culture age. It's part of Amazon's reality series, and it shows what happens when you erase history. So I want to share with you the contents of this article which speak to our very present situation. In the movie Gone with the Wind, Rhett Butler says, the cause of living in the past is dying right in front of us. Rhett Butler was the dashing and cavalier leading man of the Civil War epic. And so, this HBO movie that's been reinstated, this film, which is called Man in the High Castle Predicted Our Cancel Culture Age. The article reads, Unless you've been living under a rock the last few weeks, sanguinary mobs are currently pulling down statues of men who shape the world we live in today. Our history is being effaced without much of a fight. Because the bludgeon of racism is wielded effectively against anyone who would resist. Three years ago, the same mob went after statues 
like Robert E. Lee, the Confederate general who was petitioned by Lincoln to fight for the North, but ended up obeying his loyalty to the state of Virginia, his home. Loyalty to one's homeland, despite its flaws, is an alien concept these days, but was well understood and respected in the time of General Lee and President Lincoln. That said, most reasonable people these days can understand the desire to remove Confederate statues, even if they ultimately disagree with such action. These depictions symbolize disunity, failure, and above all, support for the sin of slavery, which, by the way, was instituted by the Democrat Party. Most importantly, statues seem to glorify rather than to merely educate, at least for Americans. But it was never going to stop there, and many of us said so, said so all along. So fast forward three years, and the rapacious mob is pulling down statues of George Washington, Ulysses Grant, Abraham Lincoln, the president who ended slavery. They've even begun calling for the toppling of statues and icons depicting Jesus Christ as anything resembling Caucasian. Now here's my comment. This is called iconoclasm. Iconoclasm is the tearing down of statues, the hatred of icons. This happened against the Catholic Church during the birth and rise of Islam. Islam is iconoclastic. It also happened during the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century. And it's happening again with these young Marxists in our country. I see Paul. Paul's joined me. So now we're a two-man car. Paul, can you hear me? Yeah, Jess, I got you. Yeah. Paul, you know, statues in the Catholic Church, the economy of statues, they're not meant to be worshipped. They never, they never have been meant to be worshipped. When you read the documents of, of, of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, statues are simply an icon. It's a representative of somebody in heaven that we honor, a saint or an angel, or, 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 or a statue is an icon of somebody in heaven who we worship, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what, what a statue does... It was actually before the invention of the printing press in 1439. Statues adorned in Catholic churches were the Bible for the poor. Because most people couldn't read in the Middle Ages. And even right now, I, I looked at a UNICEF website. Only uh, There's 25, one out of four people on, in the world can't read. 25% of people in the world are illiterate. The illiteracy rate was much, much higher a thousand years ago. This is one of the reasons why the Catholic Church adorned its churches with statues, because the statues became a living memory, a Bible for the poor. Paul, comments? Paul, can you hear me? Okay, I'll, I'll continue. So the, the short of it is this, that we're in the midst of a cultural revolution, and there's no denying it. Forget any notion of organic protest spontaneously erupting after the death of a black man under a white cop's knee. It's gone way beyond that now. The death of George Floyd was merely the catalyst the social engineers were waiting for, much like the 1914 assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand was seized upon as a fitting pretext by forces itching for World War I. You'll always find... The children, the children of darkness, they're always finding reasons for anarchy, destruction, and war. Paul, comments? 
you probably heard some of the things I've mentioned, Paul. Yeah, Jess, I just got back on. I have uh, technical difficulties, but... Uh, I can hear you perfect. Yeah, I just got back on, so I didn't hear what you said. We're talking about this uh, this one article I'm sharing with the audience. It's called How, How Man in the High Castle Predicted Our Cancel Culture Age. And the article talks about, again, that we're living right now in a day, in a day and age of uh, where you have anarchists and people that are woke. They believe that they have the, the right and duty to topple down statues of Washington, Ulysses Grant, Abraham Lincoln, and even more. You had one of the founders yeah. of Antima, Tantifa saying, we got to topple statues of Jesus and Mary because that's a white Jesus and a white Mary, and we can't have that. Uh, what, what are your comments, Paul? My, my comments were that this is called iconoclasm. The church has, has stormed this weather before. Yeah. As um, the, the great Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> so uh, history doesn't repeat itself. To quote the great Dr. Scott Hahn, but it does rhyme. <laughs> mm. That's mm. at least that's where I heard the quote. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, um, you know, I don't necessarily know that the the movie uh, predicted this. It, you know, as much as um, you know, I'm not sure about that. Uh, right. I I think that the, you know this. This movement has been going on for a long time, and maybe the writers creatively, you know, uh, you know, studied what's going on and, 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 and decided to make a movie about it. So I'm really not sure about the prediction, but I do know about one prediction, and that's what the Blessed Mother said uh, in 1917, uh, that if Russia was not consecrated to her immaculate heart, um, that Russia would spread its errors. And that's what we see, Jess. We see these errors, these Marxist errors. Karl Marx, being the uh, you know the writer of the Communist Manifesto, uh, and uh, uh, you know these errors that Russia has spread uh, are being you know spread through the world. So the the Communist Revolution that happened um, uh, is now this this this. There's a broader revolution that's happening throughout the world. I mean, yes, it happened in, in China and it happened in other places, but now we see a cultural revolution happening right here in this country. Um, these uh, the the people who are, uh, are the, I would say, the foot soldiers on the ground, the people who are being used to uh, bring this about. I don't think they're really all that bright, Jess. I honestly think that, yeah, I think that some of them are, are, are just committed Marxists, but I think that, uh, you know, this uh, this cooperation that uh, the mainstream media, we talk about it all the time, right? That, you know, the mainstream media tends to champion these causes. This, yes. the, you know, as you know, most, uh, even our education system, most teachers, uh, it's unfortunate, but they tend to be liberal. Right. They're, they're free thinkers. And, and in their free thinkers, you know, they have been um, duped of adopting these philosophical viewpoints that are destructive and tearing yeah. down our country. Free thinking means reject Christianity. That's what it means in education. Yep. Reject the claims of Christianity. That's what that's what a free thinker is. Jesus 911, two man car. We'll be right back. We'll continue talking about cultural revolution and Marxism in our country. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. Lord, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Psalm 69, verse 2. We're talking about cultural revolution. Many societies have suffered cultural revolutions like France, Germany, North Korea, Russia, China, Cambodia. And guess what? Most do not survive. In 1966, after Chairman Mao's Great Leap Forward, it proved a massive failure in China. The communist supreme leader initiated a cultural revolution with the stated goal to destroy the four olds, O-L-D-S. What are the four olds Mao want to destroy? Number one, old customs. Number two, old culture. Number three, old habits. Number four, old ideas. In other words, destroy tradition. And the goal was never to sever the people's connection to their history, their land, their identity, like the first iteration of communism laid down by Marx and put into action by Lenin. Uh, Chairman Mao's version was drenched in the rhetoric of class struggle. So the Chinese Cultural Revolution began with the renaming of major streets to empower the working class. Soon mobs began harassing artists, intellectuals, and landlords, subjecting them to struggle sessions where they were publicly humiliated and during the later, uh, the later fever pitch stage, tortured and killed. You also have massive posters bearing propaganda slogans. They were hung from almost every building. Uh, snitches were ubiquitous, costing people their jobs and tearing families apart. Does that sound familiar? Hmm, interesting. It didn't stop there. Paintings, books, classical architecture, and ancient temples were also desecrated and destroyed in China under Mao. The communist mob even dug up old corpses to denounce and burn them in public. Families' genealogy books were seized and tossed in the fire again. The point of a cultural revolution is to sever people from their history and instill a new collective identity. Cultural revolution erases history and resets the calendar to year zero. Paul, ultimately what these cultural marches want, want to do is they want to erase Jesus Christ, his birth, death, and resurrection, his holy gospel, and the effect that Catholic Christianity has had upon Western civilization in 2,000 years. What say you? Yeah, um, you said a mouthful right there. Uh, but I can tell you this, Jess. Um, um, I have uh, a friend who, you know, that I grew up with, and he, he's African-American, and he sees everything through ethnocentric lenses. Uh, he's even, uh, and by the way, he's a, um, uh, at least he was, uh, he's a baptized Catholic, but he has been gravitating more and more towards uh, uh, Islam. And in particular, um, um, the Nation of Islam version of Islam, which is here in this country, uh, you know, headed by Louis Farrakhan, right? So, you know, but in talking to him, uh, he has just been um, uh, brainwashed into, you know, into believing somehow that everything is just a conspiracy against you know, black people. Um, even the, even if you look at a, a, a like a like let's say the uh, Divine Mercy picture, and it depicts Jesus being Caucasian. You know, he says, "Oh, you know, this is just more brainwashing." You know, 
Um, these things, these things are are so destructive, and so uh, you cannot listen. History is a painful thing. Uh, we live in a world that is um, fallen. Okay, and sacred scripture tells us that the heart of man is desperately sick. So we already know this. That's what I tell him. I said, listen, it, you know, get your, you know, he wants the laser focus on, you know, uh, you know, on what he perceives to be the problem. And I'm trying to get, I try to get him to see that, hey, this is a, a much broader problem going on out here. This has to do with uh, literally the, the war, the, the war that is waging. Church militant is fighting desperately against um, uh, against uh, the children of darkness. <laughs> yes, yes, the line of of, of Cain versus you know, uh, oh. really the line of Abel. You know, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, the godly line of Seth. You know, um, this this is this is what I see, and I and I and and, it, and you know, this is just one more um, what we're talking about today in this cultural revolution that's going on in this attack. Um, uh, this iconoclasm, uh, iconoclasm attack on you know statues and everything else. You're right. They're trying to replace. Uh, and by the way, it's no accident that um, our country uh, is and uh, in, in our world essentially uh, is has been shaped by the Catholic Church. You know, Correct. Uh, the yeah the, the Judeo-Christian ideas that are the bedrock of the, the Roman Catholic Church have shaped Western society. And so one by one, the enemy is dividing the world by targeting nation after nation. Uh, all those nations that you mentioned earlier were once great Christian nations, yeah. you know, that were, you know, and now uh, they're, I mean, you look at them and they're, they're, they're struggling to survive. There's, uh, there's, there's a conflict between the different people on different levels within those societies. And this is exactly a plan of Satan, which is, you know, just, uh, you know, a good military general. His strategy is to divide and then conquer. And that's exactly what you see going on here. If Satan wants to um, um, really bring this world, uh, you know, to his uh idealistic way of thinking or his viewpoint, you know, he's doing it one nation at a time and he's doing it right now uh, in this country. And if people don't wake up, uh, you know, uh, the ideas of Russia that have spread, we're going to end up being chastised by Russia. We're going to, that movie you talked about that, uh, where, uh, you know, what if, um, you know, uh, the axis of power, the one World War II, that's going to become reality. Free nations are going to disappear, and we are going to be uh, subjugated by uh, uh, a world uh, 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 conglomeration of nations that has accepted uh, essentially Marxist communist ideas, which do not include God which do not include freedom. And every single Catholic, every single person who understands the truth, uh, we will begin to be persecuted. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, we hear about the early church and we go, whoa, man, I mean, that was, you know, really tough things that happened to these martyrs back then. But uh, stand by because 
these things are going to happen again. And I'll tell you what can stop all of this. Second Chronicles seven fourteen, the Bible says, "Of my people, yes. which are called yes. by my name, shall humble yes. themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from yes. their wicked ways." Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We need Amen. personal repentance, people turning back to the holy face of Jesus. We need national repentance. We need yes, the church need, to repent. We need politicians yes. to repent. We, we need yes. international repentance turned back to God. Or you're right, Paul. Or, uh, or what happens, you look at the Old Testament. God is a good father. He's a holy father. God is, 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 uh, is, is, uh, God is good, as it says in the Psalms. But God will withdraw his protection when his children wander in to unrepentant, unconfessed mortal sin. Usually the sin of idolatry, that's the one where they go chasing around false gods. And so yeah. the, the, me the medicine is always the same, Paul. We, the, yes. the, the church must repent uh, the church must have contrition, a broken heart. The church must amend their life and turn back to God or not. If we don't, Paul, as Dr. Scott Hound says, uh, you know, history doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes. What does that mean? The same horrible things that happened to the Israelites will happen to us in a different time, in a different time frame and with new faces and new names. But the same exact consequences will happen. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't change. Uh it, it, it comes back, and as a matter of fact, what he says is not only does it come back, but it comes back even more intense, even more on a broader scale. Just like, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, the destruction that happened in Jerusalem was a, a microcosm of a, the eventual destruction of the world, right? The, um, I mean, in the end, we know that the, uh, the world uh, is going to uh, it's going to be a worldwide event and not just something centered in the nation of Islam. Well, why? Because the gospel has now spread out to the nations in the world, and the to whom much is given, much is required. So now it's just not you know proprietary in the sense that Israel you know you know God's chosen people because uh, we have all now through Christ been made partakers of the divine nature. Uh, Christ sent his disciples out into the world to to conquer the world because now you know the truth of god has been given to the world and the world is systematically rejecting that truth uh this is a dangerous place to be in and like you said god um he's not going to be mocked jess he will um uh um allow man he gives us he gives us free he gives us a choice he gives us that yeah. that free will and uh, he will allow man essentially to say we if we make our bed we're gonna lie in it you know what I mean um, God uh, has given us the ability uh, just like you quoted in Chronicles um, uh, listen all we have to do is humble ourselves pride what I see today, Jess, I see the boastful pride of life. Mankind is, you know, and, it, and, and by the way, you know, when you hear about gay pride and this and that, that's all just another version of the boastful pride of life. It's arrogantly yeah. shaking the fist at God saying, we can do this. We can build our Tower of Babel as high as we want, and we don't need God. We can do it on our own. 
and we all know what, what's going on there because sacred scripture clearly tells us that in Christ, you know, uh, that we move and breathe and have our being. Amen, we, brother. You know, we, we were made for Christ. Go ahead, Jeff. Yep. No, amen. Just preach it, bro. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, what, what you just said right now, Paul, this is so, this is just so important. Uh, as Catholics, we got to get our bearings and we, we just got to, again, uh, don't jump off the ship to the right. Don't jump off the ship to the left. I mean, the bark of Peter. You got to stay right there. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's in the helm. You think he's asleep? He's got one eye open. He knows what's going on. And uh, and what we're seeing right now is uh, these are the consequences of sin. Sin has consequences. When we offend God, we trigger God's we trigger God's justice, and we also trigger God's uh, what God does in the Old Testament. He says, okay, you don't need me. Okay, I'll, you guys could uh, figure this out by yourselves. He'll withdraw his protection. We'll be right back. We'll continue talking about cultural Marxism. Stick around. You want to hear more. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. The laws of the Lord give joy to the human heart, Psalm 19. We're talking about cultural revolution. Uh, as a result of communism, these are the warnings of Our Lady of Fatima, essentially, that are coming to, to play out in our lifetime. Let me just go back and finish up a couple of things in this article that I think are worth mentioning. The writer says, we're seeing all this take place in our own society. Confused and, and directionless teenagers are given a cause to feel important for and are encouraged by media, by social media and mainstream media, to sever ties with their families. People are now publicly shamed and forced to apologize for their white privilege. Some even lose their jobs or have their personal information published online. Our language is policed to a debilitating and dehumanizing degree. In Washington, D.C., a part of the 16th Street Northwest has been renamed by its mayor to Black Lives Matter Plaza, a symbolic gesture that has been repeated in many different cities throughout the United States and other countries. You see, class struggle isn't a sharp enough wedge for the communists to employ in a country famous for its economic liberty and social mobility. What worked in Russia and China didn't work in Western nations. Instead, the cultural Marxists have found something even more powerful, identity. By whipping up mm -hmm. racial and sexual grievances, the Marxists embedded in the major institutions were able to leverage identity, LGBT, by, for example, transgender to such an astonishingly effective degree that there really shouldn't be any surprise to the to the events of the past few months to anyone with a cursory knowledge of history these riots and violent acts of subversion conjure up images of nazis burning books and wrecking jewish shops during the night of the broken glass crystal knock a grim a grim omen of the horror that was to come upon the jews similar to how the Chinese Cultural Revolution provided more license for mass murder of its own citizens down the road. Socialism, mm. whether national Nazi or international communism, always walks the same path. And like HBO, 
the Hitler also banned the movie Gone with the Wind. <laughs> while he, while <laughs> for he, different while reasons. He, yeah. While he obviously didn't care for how slaves were depicted, he did have a problem with the novel's themes of rugged individualism and survivalism. No doubt exemplified by, main by the main character Scarlett O'Hara's dogged loyalty to her land. Thankfully, the Nazis were defeated in war. Their crimes were brought to light and their ideology rightfully tarnished and despised by subsequent generations. But what if the Nazis had won the war? That's the central premise of Amazon, of Amazon Prime's a television series, The Man in the High Castle. It's based on the legendary author Philip K. Dick's famous novel. But in reality, fast forward to our present moment, the, the present moment we live in, it's the neo-Marxists in our country of Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Occupy Wall Street, and their powerful corporate sponsors who are banning books and movies, getting people fired, ordering ritual humiliations, tor torching churches, pulling down statues, and ransacking streets. It's the neo-Marxists who want to condemn and erase our history under the mockingbird justification of systemic racism. But where are the movies, TV shows, and news pieces highlighting the mortal danger of a communist uprising in America? Well, Amazon producer and distributor of The Man in the High Castle banned another film called Hoax. Hoax, co-directed by, uh, by Scooter Downey and Mike Cernovich, is a documentary, among other things, that warns of communist ideology having affected our institutions, primarily the mainstream media. It's almost mm. as if the overarching narrative for the Hollywood elites foisted upon us is designed to prevent people from realizing that a communist rebellion directed by white billionaires and backed by white-owned corporations would end up being the real catalyst for a destructive year zero campaign. Hollywood and the mainstream media like to come off as paragons of moral righteousness, but history will not be kind to their combined efforts. Now, as we continue to watch statues fall, will we push back against the communist attack on our culture, faith in history, or will, re or will remit remain dispassionate onlookers until they are reduced to ash forever gone with the wind? Uh, <laughs> Well-written well, well article by, uh, by independent filmmaker John Dutoit. This guy gets it. Yes. And yes, all of this, Paul, I could, I could just sum up that all of this is encapsulated in the consequences of failing to heed the warnings at Fatima. Everything he just said here are the consequences of disobeying the Fatima message. For lay Catholics, exactly. for lay Catholics, pray the rosary every day, live in a state of grace, and do the five first Saturday devotions. The five first Saturday devotions. Paul, I want to talk about some heroes in the Catholic faith and the way some Catholic uh, saints have died in times past. Because all of us, I think right now, most Catholics, people of faith, like yourself, myself, you know, good prelates, good late Catholics, we're going through what's called a white martyrdom. Not a red martyrdom, necessarily. Not yet. It's happening in, in uh, Islamic countries. It's happening in, uh, uh, in, in communist countries. 
Catholics and, and Protestant Christians are going through red martyrdom. They're dying for Jesus Christ right now. The rest of us, Paul, are going through white martyrdom. That means we're persecuted for following Christ. And we could be persecuted by our local government, national government, school board, employer, uh, you know, uh, met the, 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 the medical community. Uh, that, that's a white martyrdom. Somebody who lives and stands up for Jesus Christ will be persecuted. But, but I want to share a couple of stories and I, and I want to just get some comments. Can you imagine St. Stephen? He was the first martyr in the New Testament that died for Jesus Christ. He was stoned to death. And by the way, stoning is a traditional Middle Eastern punishment. Very, I would say very painful. Has to be very painful, but it's a very common one. That's the way yeah, they used to be. Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. I remember you told me to look at the, the movie Stoning of Sariah. Oh. The stone. Yeah, yeah. which was a incredible depiction of that, that horrible, horrible, horrible death. The movie The Stoning of Sariah and The Passion are the movies that have most affected me in terms of what my eyes have seen. And once you see something like what happened to our Lord Jesus Christ and what happened to Soraya M., your eyes, Paul, can never unsee it again. You just can't. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with me? Oh, absolutely. It, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hair-raising. <laughs> this is the only way you can describe it. And it's just, uh, you know, you know, just um, this, this topic, actually, when we look at Christian martyrdom, and we look at that first topic that we talked about today, they're actually connected to one another. Because, yeah, make, make the connection. Well, the connection is, 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 is clear that, uh, well, uh, when, when, let, me, let me just read real quick out of Psalm chapter okay. 2, okay. and you'll get it here. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, let us burst their bounds asunder and cast their cords from us. And then it says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord has them in derision. derision. Uh, then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have set my king on Zion, my holy mountain. And as we know, the rest of that has, you know, that passage deals with the fact that the Lord's King on Zion is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, 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 well the nations will continue to conspire and they will continue to be used by Satan in order to um, uh, become all free thinkers. You know, do you see the... the uh, um, what I read, uh, you know, let us cast their cords from us. You know, basically the nation is saying, God, you're too restrictive. You're not yes. allowing me to express myself in the way that I want to express myself. If I don't want, you know, you made us male and female, but I want to, you know, I can identify with something other, something else. And, you know, so this is, this has to do with a, a rebellion right down to the core of mankind. And when the world adopts these views and rejects God, that's when that's when the persecution heats up because there will always be a remnant 
God will always have a believing remnant on this earth. There's yes. no doubt about it. But sacred scripture tells us, Jess, that those who live godly in Christ Jesus, that is to say, those who are part of the remnant, those who refuse to be conformed to the image of this world, but instead choose to be transformed into the image of Christ, those people uh, will suffer persecution. Jesus says, if any man wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, pick up the instrument of death, the cross itself, and follow me. You know, that's why it's the road less traveled, Jess, because mm. it's a difficult, arduous road. <laughs> it's one of that. suffering and persecution. But the one good thing about God is this. See, he works opposite. God God makes lemon uh, uh, lemonade out of lemons, right? So, yes. So, so, yes. The, so, so, so the curveball that God throws is through that suffering. Uh, that suffering is not in vain because it's united to Christ himself and Christ being um uh you know uh, uh god uh, uh you know that suffering then takes on uh uh infinite meaning you that's know our right. suffering's not in vain and that's why yeah. that's the idea of us becoming partakers of the divine nature in the sense and god allows us to participate in the suffering of christ and if he allows us to be participating in the sufferings of christ we will rise with christ and participate in his resurrection and we will reign with christ in heaven why because we're united to christ amen brother good stuff heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away Jesus 911 two man car. Yep, this is the road less traveled. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 888- Five two six two one five one. Soul Patrol, Jesus, 911, two-man car. Robert Frost once wrote, he said, two roads diverged in the woods, and I took the, ro- and I took the one less traveled. And that has made all the difference. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, it reminds me of what our Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 7. Enter by the narrow gate, yes. or the or the road less traveled. For the gate is wide, and the way and the way and, and and the way that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Yes, our Lord Jesus Christ invites us to take the road less traveled. Let's look at a couple of, of, of Hall of Famers here. Catholic Hall of Famers. These are the this is the Hall of Fame of the Saints. Saint Stephen. Again, stoning was very traditional in the Middle East and very gruesome. If you've ever watched uh, the stoning of Sarai M, you'll never forget what actually stoning is like to die of, of being stoned to death. But amongst the first Christian martyrs was Saint Stephen. He died in 36 AD in Jerusalem. He was the first to suffer that faith of being stoned to death. He's also one of, one of the first of seven deacons chosen by the early Christian community. He became an evangelist. He was so successful in converting Jews that he drew the anger of the Sanhedrin, which is the equivalent to the uh, Supreme Court for the, of the rabbis. His punishment for speaking against 
uh, this holy place and the holy law was to be stoned to death. And as is common to many icons of, of Catholic martyrdom, St. Stephen is often depicted in paintings as holding the method of his death, a basket of stones. Here's another famous one. St. Sebastian. He was, uh, you've seen pictures of him surprisingly with arrows through his body. So one might think from the fact that he's usually portrayed in art as having been shot through with arrows that St. Sebastian, who died in 288 AD in Rome, most people think he died at the hands of a battery of archers, but no. This was just the first time he was, they tried to kill him. They, they, they shot him with a bunch of arrows. But a praetorian guard under Emperor Diocletian, who was a committed persecutor of Catholic Christians, uh, he had Sebastian was sentenced to death after it was found out that he was a follower of Christ and that Sebastian had been converting his fellow soldiers. So St. Sebastian was a Roman soldier who was evangelizing amongst the Roman legions and he was discovered to be a Christian in uniform. He was tied to a tree and his sentence of being killed with arrows was carried out. He was left for dead, but guess what? He didn't die. They left him there, pinned with dozens of arrows. They thought he was dead. Later on, he was found by a woman. Her name is Saint Irene. By the way, the word Irene in Greek means peace. Uh, Saint Irene nursed him back to health. Saint Sebastian subsequently took the chance of appearing before Emperor Diocletian again, and the wow. emperor then had then the emperor had him clubbed to death. Uh, a punishment that did in fact work and his body was dumped into a Roman sewer. St. Sebastian, St. Stephen the Martyr, pray for us. Paul, these are these are what I would call, uh, I mean, th th this is the epitome of what it means to be a man. This is a man's man. A lot of people oh, think, yeah. you're a man if you play you know, football. You're a man if you play golf. You're a man if you make a billion dollars. You're a man if you go to Harvard. You're a man if uh, you, know, you find the UFC. No, Paul. Uh, you may ha you may have certain talent in certain areas, but being a man, it comes from the, the Latin word virtus. Virtus in Latin is where we get the English word virtue, which means mm -hmm. manliness, manliness. St. Sebastian, yeah. St. Stephen had manliness. What does that mean? They had interior control and they were giving themselves over entirely to the Lord Jesus Christ in their yeah. interior, which made them even give up their body, their exterior, to persecution and punishment. Well, well, that's why just the martyrs have a special place in heaven. Mm -hmm. You see, they have a special place in heaven because, you know, sacred scripture tells us that no greater love is this than a man lay down his life for his friend. Well, think about this. If our job as as Catholic Christians, is to emulate Christ, is to participate in his sufferings, then the martyrs have done this par excellence, because it is not a natural thing to get shot and left for dead with a gazillion arrows and then be <laughs> nursed back to health. And as soon as you get your health back, you go right back to where you left off and end up getting clubbed to death. That is, that is, that requires supernatural grace. And it requires, <laughs> and, 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 and only, only uh, 
someone who's completely uh, united to Christ can can display that type of virtue, that type of uh, uh, intestinal fortitude, if you might say, it, it, it might we say, and that's why it's important over and over again that listen at the time of testing you know if these things happen uh we you know we have to understand we have to be one-minded we have to be so united to christ that nothing will shake us we can't look to the right we can't look to the left but like saint stephen we have to look up into heaven and see the lord standing at the right hand of god yes yes amen you know paul uh, yeah that Here's this one story that I got from Venerable Fulton Sheen in his book, uh, a three, to get, uh, three to Get Married. He talks about a nun. She was an older nun. Uh, that, that's the story of Sophie Charlotte Whittlebotch. And mm-hmm. she's about to, she, she's, me, she's a young nun, excuse me, she's a very young nun. And she's about to die in a fire in a building where the exits in the building were locked. And so she stood next to an older Dominican nun, and she saw they saw the these nuns saw the flaming the flames coming closer and closer to them. So this young nun says, "My God, what an awful death!" Then the older nun, she smiled, and she said, mm. "Yes," she said, "Yes," but think about this: we shall see Jesus in a few minutes. Mm. Wow. In, Powerful. Yeah, that yeah, that just brought comfort to this young nun, and she was able to stand there in the flames and just die and get burned to death, because she was ministered to by an older nun, who told her, "Yeah, this is gonna hurt. Yeah, this is we're locked in. Yeah, they're burning. They're burning our convent. But guess what? Think about this. In a few minutes, we're gonna see Jesus." Paul, really, that's 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 the most comforting. That's the most comforting uh, thing that we can just meditate on throughout the day, despite what's happening in our country, what's happening in our world. Uh, there, there is nothing that brings us peace than realizing uh, who we belong to and where we're going. And as Catholics, we have to, that's why St. Paul says, meditate upon these things, you know, Meditate upon what is goody, good, what's holy, what's true, what's beautiful. Meditate and ponder these things. What's he talking about? That's called contemplative prayer. Just spend, you know, 15 minutes a day. Spend 15 minutes a day in silence somewhere and just think about the promises of Jesus Christ. Think about how, fa- how, how transitory this life is here on earth. Even 80 or 90 years if you live that long. Think about the promises of Think about that, just that second of entering into heaven with Christ Jesus and the Prince of our Lord and our Lady, you know, after we've been purified. Uh, Think about that second, that unspeakable moment of seeing God face to face. Those are the things, Paul, that are going to get us and sustain us from this life to the next. Paul, are you there? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, Jess. Listen, um, Paul says in in first corinthians 15 you know if our hope in christ is you know for this world only then we should be pitied you know we should be pitied. Uh, uh you know but 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 we know that that's not the case and that's what we have to keep our eyes on we have to keep you know our hope is not in this world jesus 
you know, when asked, are you a king? He said, you know, his kingdom is not of this world, you know. Uh, it, you know, we're, we're, we're short-sighted if our focus is so, you know, focused on this world. This world is dying. This world is full of suffering. It's full of injustice. This is mm. not, we don't want eternal life under these circumstances. <laughs> we, you know, am I right or wrong, Jess? I mean, like that, don't. like that none. We, we yeah. need comfort, and the only thing that can bring us comfort is Christ. Paul, if they would ask me, hey, Jesse, you want to be born again as a baby and start all, start all over in San Fernando, California with Jesus and Lucio Romero, I would say, <laughs> not a chance. I, no, yeah. no I, I want no do-overs, Paul. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just, you know what? It, in reality, when we look back, you know, there was a lot of trauma endured. Huh? <laughs> yes, yes. It's, Paul, you know what brought me a lot of satisfaction? When I was a when I was a rookie uh, uh, on training at East Los Angeles Sheriff's Station, working the PM shift, I made a late, late arrest with my training officer, and I'm walking uh, to the evidence locker to put away some evidence, and I'm walking mm-hmm. through the detective bureau, and I saw on this one desk. It just jumped out at me. This one desk, this, this one detective on his desktop, he had a, a, a big, a rather big eight by eleven paper that said, "Soon this life." will one day pass and only the things done for Christ will last for me to live as Christ. Philippians one twenty one. I was, it was like 12 hours. I was working you know, on training. I was stressed out. I wanted to get home. I had a late arrest. And those words, Paul brought so much comfort to my weary, tired body after 12 hours in uniform. And you know yeah. what? I've never forgotten those words. I think I read them like back in 1986 or 87. And I, it's yeah, 2002. Here you are talking about it today. I've never, those words stood burn in my heart, Paul. Uh, Soon this life will one day pass. Only the things done for Christ will last. Philippians 121. For me mm. to live is Christ. Those words, Paul, uh, I can yeah. tell you. Yep. Yeah, they have, they have carried me. They have carried me since 1986. Amen, brother. Well, that's a wrap. Paul, we're going to be on Terry and Jesse show in about another hour. You stick around and you can hear us uh, on the Terry and Jesse show talking about some other timely topics. But that's a wrap. We're 10-7. We're end of watch. Two uh, retired cops that love the Lord Jesus Christ, love the Catholic faith. Up next, Gary Minichuda, hands-on apologetics. You don't want to miss up. You don't want to miss what's up next with Gary and high-level apologetics. We'll be right back. In one hour, we're 10-7, we're out.